the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome once again to the Church of the Week program right here on AM 630 The Word. I'm so happy that you decided to join us today because this is the day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. And man, if there was a verse that was uh, in, in, in danger of becoming a cliche, that, that is one of them. But it really is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. And you really have the power to make a decision. Uh, to rejoice in it, no matter what the circumstances are, you have the authority over yourself to rejoice in today. So no matter what you're facing, I want to challenge you, put a smile on your face and just enjoy today. Uh, because like my, my pastor taught me one day, he says, somebody woke up dead. And, <laughs> and so uh, you didn't. <laughs> so you might as well enjoy today and praise the Lord. You know, I was recently in a prayer meeting. And uh, I, I just enjoyed it so much. And I understood by reading uh, the Old Testament uh, story of, of Solomon uh, when he dedicated the temple. Mm. When he dedicated the temple, uh, he made sacrifices. And, and when you talk about sacrifices, Solomon made some sacrifices. He, he burnt a ridiculous amount of, of animals as a sacrifice to the Lord. And I believe that got... That got God's attention. Our sacrifice, I believe, does get God's attention. And don't worry, I'm not collecting offering right now. But I do want to go to the, the next thing that he did in the beginning of chapter 7 of the, the, second, the second book of Chronicles. And it says, when Solomon finished praying, and this is, this is what I love, when he finished praying, and my question to you is, what happens when you finish praying? Mm -hmm. Is there a response? Is there a reaction? Do you draw a response from heaven? Because when Solomon prayed, something happened. The Bible says fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifice, and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. Man, I want that to happen when I pray. I don't know if, if the last time you were in an old school prayer service at church, but uh, I, would, I would invite you to pray and then expect God to do something. Don't just pray little prayers. Don't just pray poverty thinking prayers and, and don't just pray begging prayers. You're, you're limiting your faith when you do that. But if you come to God understanding who you are, you are as a son, as a daughter, of of the of the most high god the god the creator of the heavens and the earth if you come to him knowing who you are and put and and, and coming to him as he is the great god i believe 
he will respond to you according to who he is. And the Bible says, I, I will supply all your need, the Bible says, according to to his riches in glory. You know, and so I tell I tell my church, don't ask for a dollar fifty prayers. Don't come to mm-hmm. God asking for a dollar fifty because uh because anybody could give you a dollar fifty. That's right. However, God can heal. God can restore. God can redeem. God can do what no man can do. So I want to encourage you today to pray, to pray. And I I know I'm feeling like this because just last night we were in a powerful prayer meeting and my faith is 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 just charged up. And I want to encourage you to pray and pray to a God that answers, that hears and answers. And so, San Antonio, I want to ask you to pray and pray with faith and pray to a mighty God and pray knowing that God can. And he will. Amen. Amen. And so I'm here today uh, in the studios, AM 630. The word is the Church of the Week program. And it is my my privilege to be uh, to be here with a man of God that is that is in San Antonio. And I say this all the time and I say it again. I thank God for the men and women that travel across the globe. And they preach the gospel everywhere, and they preach to stadiums, and hundreds and thousands get saved. And after they preach, they jump on a plane and go to the next nation. And I appreciate that. I love them. Hear them on the radio, watch them on TV. But there's something special in my heart for the local men and women, uh, the ministers, the pastors, those men and women that, that stay and answer the phone. And at 3 a.m., when the baby's fever don't break, we answer the phone. Mm-hmm. And And when it's time to... To uh, to pay respects and and bury our loved ones, the pastors are there, and and when we're there, and when it's time to celebrate birthdays and baby dedications, the pastors are there. They're there, you know. And so I thank God for for the pastors, for the local men and women. And today is my privilege to have with us the senior pastor of Living Active Word, Pastor Terrell Bird. Thank you, Pastor Terrell, for being here with us. Thank you, Pastor Marcus. I appreciate the invitation. Uh, um, you know, I I had been looking for you without knowing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's weird the way the way it works. And and I thank God that you know, though though San Antonio is a big town now. Yes, it it really feels to me like it's still small. And so mm-hmm. I was I was looking for for First Lady Bird, mm-hmm. and I and I found you. I found I found her husband, and uh, and I'm glad that you're here with us today. And uh, tell me. Tell me a little bit about you because I, I want to know, and the listener wants to know, uh, where where are you from? Are you are you a San Antonian? No, I'm an Angelino. I, I come from that uh, that small town of Los Angeles. <laughs> there uh, you go. I don't know if people have heard about it. Small little town in California. Uh, yeah, they got a basketball team or something. You know, there, basketball team and a little football team. You know, not not much going on there. You know, uh, born born in a little, little California hospital and. Yeah. Uh, Raised, raised in the home by. It, it's I posted a picture of uh, what I call my mom and my sister aunts. So my my aunties were my playmates, and they took me around. I think I know their high school friends because they took me to high school with them. Yeah. Uh, so they're my sister aunts, and I was raised there in California, and went off to college and uh, joined the military. And uh, okay, wait, you're going. You're giving me too much. I want to. I want to break this apart. Down. Yeah, so, we got to bring it down. So you know. Being being from Los Angeles, I'm a, a a kid of the riots. So when the riots happened in 1992, uh, Bill Gray, who was the chairman and president of the United Negro College Fund (UNCF), said there there needs to be a Ladders of Hope scholarship mm-hmm. that will help inner city kids from the local high schools there in Los Angeles get an opportunity to leave their communities 
and give them a hand up instead of a handout. Yes. Bring them to historically black colleges and universities around the country. And then that way they would be able to get an education and either go back to their communities or become members of new communities. And so that's what happened to me. God fixed it so that a kid from 94th and Van Ness uh, who who didn't have too much going on uh-huh. uh, was able to go uh, on a four year ride to Johnson C Smith University in Charlotte North Carolina where I met most of my good friends and and professors and still love the place to this day and that's where I went to college made good friends and from there that's where uh, that's not where the call happened. The call actually happened in my local church there in Inglewood. Uh, yeah, but before before you get there. I think it's so interesting because the world knows what happened in the riots, mm-hmm. you know, and we saw that. You saw it firsthand. Right. You, you know, you didn't have to watch it on the news. We were all, you know, uh, stuck to the to the news and those scenes and those and what that looked like and how horrible that made us feel. Right. However, you know, out of a terrible situation, mm-hmm. something good was you, you were able to glean something good out of it. Right. You know, you got you got a full ride. Somebody put a program together, you know, saw the need, you know, and, and you would you would be blind not to see the need at that point, but was able to do something about it. Definitely. And, and uh, you as a young man were able to be to be blessed by it. And and today San Antonio is blessed uh, because somebody invested in you. And now you're investing in many lives today. Definitely. Definitely. Kenneth Cawthon, um, he was my seminary professor. I never will forget this. I was sitting in. And systematic theology. Yeah. And he said the the task of the minister, the theologian, is to say something credible to men, women, and children to ease their suffering in the midst of the flame. Mm. And I think that what Bill Gray did, because Bill Gray was also a pastor before he went to Congress and went on to uh, become chairman of UNCF, he understood that doing something credible was just as important as saying something credible. I think sometimes as pastors, we get the do and the say confused. Yeah, yeah. But I think the key term there that, that jumps out to me is the credible. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can't just say anything. Right. You know, we have a lot of people just saying stuff, you know, that's not helping, saying things that are ridiculous. Right. You know, just, you know, try to make you feel better, you know. And uh, we don't we don't necessarily need those things to be said or doing something you know, sometimes it's best to wait till you have something credible to say and then say it. Definitely. You know, that's why we, we guard we guard this mic, uh, Salem and, and AM 630, the word. We guard the mic because a lot of people want to talk. Mm-hmm. But do you have something to, to say? say? Exactly. That, that's who I want to invite into these moments, and, and which is why I'm, I'm glad you're here today. I, I want to hear, I really want to hear, and I believe the people are hungry to to hear what God has to say, right? You know, and what God has to say, He says it through men and women that have their ear tuned mm-hmm. to Him. So I, w- I want to transition a little bit. Mm-hmm. You almost took me there, but I interrupted you. <laughs> I want to talk to you about your your conversion moment. How right. how was that? You said that happened at the local church. Uh, so you traveled some, you prepared some, mm-hmm. but that moment was a local moment. Tell right. me about that. Well, I was a boy preacher, so this happened at 15 when wow. I received the call to preach. And um, it was, it was. I'm not even sure if it was an earthquake or what. All I remember is it was midnight. 
I heard the voice of a man say preach, and it was only me and my grandmother in the house. Wow. And uh, my pastor, my uh, father in ministry, he's gone on to be with the Lord. Uh, we buried him a day after my birthday yeah. this year. So uh, he, he took me through the ringer just yeah. to be sure. But it was through his validation that uh, ministry began. Mm-hmm. And so much of, of what I do now goes back to those early moments. It's funny how God will bring you back. Mm-hmm. I think we, over the course of time, we return to the root. Uh, and as you were talking about people wanting to hear something, I, I, when I travel, I traditionally start my messages with the words from the hymn, Lift Them Up, For the World is Hungry for the Living Bread. Yes. And it's, it's amazing to me how much of that influences me. Just the, lo- the pastor and the power of giving living bread. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, that's where I live now. What does the word do that helps somebody live through the rest of the Sunday into Monday? Mm-hmm. I think we, not we, I think most of us try to get them through the week. That, I've learned that's not my charge. The, the Lord does that. My goal is to get them through the rest of Sunday. Okay, okay. The Lord will handle Monday. Yeah. That's why he taught us to pray, give us this day yes. our daily bread. My, they came to me Sunday. Mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. you got them Monday. Yeah, yeah. But you gave them to me Sunday. I, I'll get them through Sunday. Yeah. And yeah. if it, something happens to stick that'll help them Monday, I'll uh, praise the Lord. But yeah. you, you got them Monday. So I, the way in which the ministry works with me is I do ministry for Sunday. And pray that out of that, there is something that they're able to hold on to, that they seek the Lord for Monday. Because I'm not the Lord. That's right. I'm, I'm his servant. That's right. And I, I like the disconnect there, that instead of seeing me as Jesus, they mm-hmm. see Jesus. Yes. Yes. I, I'm, uh, I'm reading, rereading a book, The, the Pursuit of God. Mm. And... Um, he uh, he says how what, when did it happen that a believer our, our our ultimate goal became to create believers mm-hmm. and then they were to come and congregate and hear us and what we have studied right and hear us and all the knowledge that we have acquired and the revelation we have yet they are never challenged to seek their God. Right. Just come on, just come and, and I'll give you what you need. You know, it'll come through me and you get it. And that, trust me, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that is, that is not biblical. No. You know, we are to teach them, Hey, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you, you, you know? And so the, the church, I, I, I can be, I think I can be a little critical. We, we are, we are pastors, uh, it has become the pastor's show, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody comes to see how blessed the pastor is and, and far be it from me to be the only one blessed right. in the house. Right. You know, I want, as, as I, I want everybody to be healed. I want everybody to, to prosper in all their thing, in all their ways. And so I, I, I love what you're saying because I am not him. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not worthy to, you know, John said it. I'm, I'm, I'm not, he was not the light. John, John the Baptist was not the light, but he was pointing to him, you know, and uh, and that was that is what we really need to do. I really I really like that. So uh, 
that was part of your training and, and your conversion moment from, a early, from early on. Very much so. And, and so when you went to study, you already had that in your heart. Very much so. Very much so. You, and you began to prepare yourself to do that. Right. I, I, I thought uh, I never wanted to do pastoral ministry. And it, it's interesting how God works. I never wanted to do pastoral ministry full time. I thought uh-huh. <laughs> I, I was going to be a pastor and a lawyer. Until I sat down and took the GRE and realized it whooped my tail <laughs> and, and went away from that. And so <laughs> you rebuked the devil I out of there. The I'm out of here. And I flee. <laughs> it wasn't rebuking the devil when he fleed. No, yeah. I fleed. Uh, so I, I went on to seminary and, uh, you know, my plan B what became my plan A. My plan B was to be a reservist um, in the U.S. Navy. And, and that ended up becoming my plan A. Right. Okay. And spent some time active duty Navy and became active duty Army um, and loved the ministry of what the chaplain does. Mm. Who else goes to work with their parishioners? That's right. And I think that's what I love. We were talking about being bi- bivocational. Yeah. I think that's what I love about being bivocational and people knowing that I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. They see me walk among them. That's right. So. I have a bad day, but I'm still the pastor. I have a good day, and I'm still the pastor. I don't feel well, but I'm still the pastor. How does the pastor handle bad news? Mm. And we don't we don't usually get to see that. No. Because Monday morning, you ain't going to find a pastor usually. Exactly. You know, Tuesday morning, you're not, you, you know. And so to be able to, that witness right there is is crucial, is critical. It's, it's, it's really intimate. Very much so. To be able to see the pastor having a bad day, and and uh, and understand that, and that gives us the rest of the rest of society. So, you know, I could have a bad day too. Exactly, but the type of ministry that you're able to do, because then you get a sec. Uh, the Bible says Jesus had a, a secret disciples hmm. who came to him by night. We get secret disciples. Yeah, those who don't come to the church, but they watch us by Facebook Live. Yeah. Uh, Bird, I was watching by Facebook Live, man. That was that was some good stuff. Oh, man, why don't you come up to the church? Oh no, no, I ain't coming. But uh, man, I, 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 but I, man, I watch you every Sunday. I wish you'd say, say yeah. something. But it it just lets me know. Give the, me an amen. And, give me an amen or a good morning or something. But it lets it lets me know the power of that bivocational ministry that they see us in our humanity. And the power of that is that if they can see us in our humanity and still be attracted to us, mm-hmm. it teaches us and gives us the leeway to be more human with our folks. Yes. So in, in my ministry or in our ministry at Living Active Word, we don't tend to tell people what to do. We're, we're very open. Struggle with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Struggle with your faith. You... You know what the Lord has said. You know what it means to give. I know you got this bill pressing. What has the Lord told you about what he will do according to his promises and this bill? I know you're dealing with this situation. What has the Lord spoken to you? We've been, I've been doing a series on grief just out of my own personal situation. My uh, Bridget lost her father one week. Two weeks later, uh, like I said, my pastor, who became my father, he died. Then I lost two subsequent relatives, and I know that a lot of people— mm have been losing their relatives. And so we've been walking through grief. And what does it mean to just just be able to walk through grief? Just just sit in it. Yeah. And and not 
be made to hurry up and rush the process and understand that I'm hurting, but me hurting doesn't mean I don't love the Lord. Right. And even the Lord knows what it is to go through grief mm-hmm. and to be pained and to miss. And so we we deal with what it means to actually be a believer and not the the, the fluff mm-hmm. that just because I'm having a bad moment doesn't mean I don't love the Lord, that the Lord actually contends with me through that bad moment. What what is he saying to me that I can't hear in myself? Yeah. And how does he sit with me? How does he love me? How does he even deal with my questions of why? Uh, and my my thought that there are some other people on my list that you could have taken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except for that one. Exactly, exactly. And so we, we I, I call it, we do, we do ministry from the human perspective. Yes. We're human. We, we have a piece of the divine. But God expects for us to do the work with these two hands and these two feet and this one mouth. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's not going to do what he told us to do for us. He expects us to do it. You know, uh, that reminds me of the, the penile experience mm. with, with Jacob at the beginning of that, of that section, the book of Genesis. The Bible says that he wrestled with a man. Right. Uh, by the time you get to the end of that sentence, the Bible says, I'm changing your name because you wrestled with God. Right. And, and it was always God. It was sometimes looked like man, right. looked like life. It looked like all these situations. Uh, but God was in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. God was pulling strings, and we don't understand it. Why did this person turn on me? Why did that happen? Why did this person leave me? Why did you take this person? All these whys, all right. these, 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 this struggling, this grappling with, that we do with God. But in the midst of that grappling, the, the benefit of it is it got Jacob to a place that he can now, he can now respond to the question mm-hmm. truthfully. What is your name? Right. What is your name? Because the last time he was asked his name, according to the Bible, the, the, the text, it says it was his dad. Mm-hmm. You know, and he says, who, who are you? He says, oh, I'm, I'm Esau. Exactly. He lied about who he was. Mm-hmm. But it took this, it took this penal experience, this difficult time, changed his walk. You know, he, but it not only changed his walk, but it changed his name. He says, yeah, I'm Jacob. I'm a liar. I'm sorry. You got to the root of me. Mm-hmm. You broke me down. You know, you broke me down, God. And God says, okay, now that you're here, now that we're both here, I'm going to change you. Exactly. Isn't it fascinating? To, the first invitation in the Bible is in the, not in the New Testament. It's in the Old Testament mm. where Isaiah says, the Lord says, come. Yes. L- let's reason together. That reason is a conversation. That's right. That's Though right. your sins be as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. But God so, doesn't say I'm going to make them white as snow first. Mm-hmm. He says, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it. Yes. Let's let's have an open dialogue about yes. what's going on with you and what's going on with me. And that doesn't sound religious. No. That sounds like what you and I are doing right now. Exactly. You know, and I and I and I, I think this is what church should bring us to. To. Because church is not the end. Right. So I love that about, about what you're saying. Church is not the end. Church is, is it's is the vehicle to take us there. Now you Tend with God. Mm-hmm. Now we're 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 running out of time, Pastor. You, this you conversation, did say this would happen. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I want I want I want people to come to church. Tell us 
about about church, the time, the location, Wonderful. where you're at. Invite us to church. Well, come on and join us uh, this Thursday. In fact, today we'll be there at 7 p.m. We're located inside of the Stone Oak Presbyterian Church. They've been really gracious to us, and I thank them so much. I can't thank them enough. They are our, they are our parents and, and sisters and brothers, and we love them to life. We're located inside, uh, again, 20024 Crescent Oak, San Antonio, Texas, 78258. And we worship this Thursday at 7 p.m., Sunday at 1230. And so if you're coming up Stone Oak Boulevard or Stone Oak Parkway, come on up. You're going to pass John Hagee's house, known as Cornerstone. <laughs> Keep coming up to Knight's Cross. Make Don't stop. Laugh. Keep on going. Keep on going. <laughs> John, John, love you, John, love you, but keep on going. Got to make that left at Knight's Cross and that quick right on uh, on Crescent Oak, Stone Oak Elementary on one side, Stone Oak Presbyterian on the other. Like I said, we're there 1230 on Sunday and 7 p.m. on Thursday. We really would love to have you. We, we just love to love on people, engage your faith. Don't feel you have to get dressed up. We might be dressed. We might not. There you go. We just ask that you show up and uh, let the Lord show out in you. Amen. So you, where are you on the web? We are on the web, www.livingactiveword.com, or you can go on to our, our Facebook, which is Living Active Word Ministries, or you can always find me. Uh, I think I'm on uh, Terrell Bird somewhere on Facebook. Just look me up, Bird Terrell. You'll find the black guy in the bow tie. That's there how you you'll, you'll know me. That's what I tell my folks when they're looking for me, black guy in the bow tie. It's not a racist thing. I'm all right with it. Uh, but again, livingactiveword.com, Living Active Word Ministries on uh, Facebook, or look for me personally, Terrell Bird on Facebook. You'll see the guy in glasses, black guy, bow tie, scrubby beard. I, I don't think I have that now. But again, that's how you'll find me. And I, I love to to interact with you. And so if you have questions directly for me, just send them to me via uh, Facebook Messenger. I'll do my best to answer them. And I love dialogue. And so that's who we are. We are a people of faith that love the Lord and love one another. Amen. Um, I, I want to invite you as well to church. Uh, and if there's a ministry that, that I like, that I like what you're doing is yours because the church is not the end. It's, it's the means to get to God. Yes. And that's what we need more of. So living active word. Yes. Okay. Sunday at 1230, uh, in, in the middle of the day, that's where you're at. And so San Antonio, come out to church. God bless you, San Antonio. Thank you for listening to AM 630 The Word. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.